Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. What's up, everybody? I'm excited about this special interview here at Beacon on Day 3 with my man, Tom Bilyeu. What's happening? What's up, man? I'm excited to be here. How was that part? Well, I was there last night. That party was kick-ass, man. Thank you. Let's jump into it. Project Kaizen. Yeah. What is it all about? So it is a game meant to really personify what I think is an emergent phenomenon that comes out of the collision of blockchain and Web3. Uh, sorry, blockchain and AI, which is what we call borderless entertainment. So borderless entertainment really has three defining characteristics. Uh, characteristic number one is all the borders that have limited, limited game development up to this point from um, just the time it takes to create a 3D asset, how long it takes to make modifications to the world. Uh, two, that you're only going to be able to play it when you're on a console versus out platform. in the world. Uh, so that's all going to fall. AR is going to allow for games to be handed off seamlessly between the game world and the real world and back again. And then number two is it's going to be highly personalized based on the digital assets that you create. And because of AI, you're going to be able to have actual relationships with different characters. Uh, and then the third thing is what we call a living world. So because of advancements in technology, you're going to be able to make a lot of changes very, very rapidly. Um, so I, I'd like to remind people that I speak in its final form. It is not in its final form Where today. Right now. So right now we phase one is already out. So that's the avatar creation engine. I think, and look, this is a very controversial statement whenever I say it, but I think it's the best uh, avatar creation engine out there. So one, it's built on the back of NFT assets. So you actually own them. Two, we optimize for intercombinability. So most people optimize for, I can make it look like me. Right. You're not going to be able to do that well with us yet. We're not there yet. But you can swap out way more unique assets that in other instances would collide. So you'd get a lot of clipping. And so we solve for that by making something like 40,000 unique assets. So, so let's, let's, let's spin it a little bit here. And this is a very complicated involved project building out the team here. What has been one of the biggest challenges in moving this project forward? Maybe a stumbling block that you didn't anticipate that potentially caused you to find a, a solution that is helping innovate moving forward. Well, so the big innovations that we've done have really been around just integrating Web3 into an Unreal Engine environment. So you can treat it as if it were a normal video game avatar engine, but it's all NFTs. So you can mint, unmint, change, remint, go back onto the blockchain all for free. Tom, we're saying a lot of words here that half my audience is going to understand because they're complete DGENs and they've been involved in this space for a long and time. I have no idea. And what then my about. mom and dad are going to listen to the car in Boynton Beach, Florida, and they're going to say, what the fuck is Tom talking about? 
Let's pull it back a little bit. And I don't think everybody, including my mom, needs to know how the sausage is made. Sure. They just need to know how it works. So, how? I mean, you look at like Roblox and Fortnite and other games out there. How is that going to be different? How is this going to be different than that? So the big way is AR and AI are really going to change the way that you interact. So when you talk to a character and it has its own personality, it remembers you over time, uh, that it will respond to you differently based on the digital assets that you own. So an easy way for your mom and dad to think about it is is based on what you're wearing in the game, the characters in the game will respond differently to you. And then they'll have a sense of history with you. And is that history, is that saved on chain or is it external service? I'm, I'm no, getting no, that stuff, I'm like getting now we're back into how the sausage is made yeah, here. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious uh, for myself and this no, is for no, Kevin out there Kevin the, wants to know that. That's not the right place for no. the blockchain. So the blockchain mm. is, it's going to secure your assets, but it's just way too cumbersome to try to store things like that on the blockchain. Uh, so, and I'm not somebody, I don't believe that decentralization is what makes Web3, Web3. What makes Web3, Web3? The blockchain brings the properties of the physical world into the virtual world, period, stop, end of story. That's all that matters. From my perspective, from an entertainment perspective, that's all I need. It's all I care about. And, and I certainly appreciate that. Uh, let's get back to the team here and the Impact Theory Creative Studios. Tell us a little bit about the team and the mission. Well, the mission, that's really easy. So my goal is to make sure that nobody gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset at scale through entertainment. Growth mindset, at scale. I mean, in my opinion right now with my kids, I give them enough room to be entertained and some of the, the shit content out there. But I also want them to be educated. Yeah. For example, my 11-year-old daughter, Nina, is a TikTok creator and it's not public. It's within her friends. We keep her safe in that area. I don't have her share it. But it has enabled her and really motivated her. She's an insane video editor. And I think that's the cool stuff that we need to embrace more. It's crazy, man. At the age of 11, I she love that. She just half my videos. That's amazing. They're really good. It's amazing, You probably hire her. It's really crazy, like how this, how rapidly this stuff changes and kids now growing up with it really feel far more native in, in, in much smaller increments. So before you might get 20 years out of a generation and, you know, within 20 years, yeah, you felt like you grew up the same as that person just isn't true anymore. I have a, I have a six year thesis on that, that may get Could even you tell us in six seconds? AI. Yeah. I mean, it, with AI, you never know, man. And yeah. honestly, I think it will be less about time at that point and more about fragmentation. So like what fragmentary, um, you know, rabbit hole are you a part of versus how old are you? Um, we're in mental health. Thank you for sharing that perspective and breaking it down. Um, we are, we still in mental health month. First of all, Joe, we, we are mental health month. Um, I want to talk for a moment about toxic toxicity on the internet and toxicity in web three. And especially when it comes to the degen mindset and the gambling and the meme coins and the shit mm. coins out there, what's your thoughts and recommendations out there for people to dip their toes in the water, be safe, but not be double mortgaging their house. Only buy things that you want to own and hold that you want to engage with. Again, my extreme bias is from the entertainment side. Um, I think the SEC will obliterate anything that is done for financial reasons. So that's just going to go away, in my opinion. Uh, also, I think while it brought attention to the space and I'm super grateful for it, it won't be the model that allows us to move forward and reach mass adoption. What is going to be the key to mass adoption? It, it is really just to understand one simple fact that the blockchain is a technology. Everything that emerges out of it, that will be interesting. And people will come up with a million things that the blockchain can do better. But you need to be building something that is both different and better. And I think that because the world is becoming more digital and because the blockchain allows you to bring the properties of physics into the digital realm, that that, that is a watershed moment 
that makes me laugh when people say, oh, that Web3 thing is dumb or it's dead. It's like, no, it was a fundamental paradigm shift that will continue to echo forever. Let's talk about the creative side with the uh, with the comics, um, the comics Neon Future and Hexagon. Let's talk about where that passion comes from and where that project is now and where it's going to be moving forward in the next 6, 12, 18 months. Yeah. So the passion for it, uh, storytelling is my jam. So my background is filmmaking. I used to say I want to make sure nobody gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset at scale through story. Uh, and then I realized it's probably better to broaden that out to entertainment since I actually think gaming is the most powerful storytelling platform that we have right now. But most people don't think of it as story. Um, so Neon Future was just born out of that passion. And it was me trying to grapple with AI and robotics, but five years ago. And so when Aoki and I put that together, it was us going, what's really going to happen when this pops off? And it remains my core thesis to this day, which is that the world will bifurcate. Some people will become absolutely technophobic and they will try to put the hammer down Whenever somebody tries to stop progress, you have to be draconian. And so it will get ugly real fast. Uh, so Steve and I have been talking um, about bringing Neon Future into Project Kaizen. That was the idea behind Project Kaizen is to make it a very broad platform that can bring in all of our IP. Um, so I'll be surprised if that doesn't happen in 12 months. I will be shocked if it doesn't happen in 18. And what are you rocking on your jacket here? This is Neon Future, baby. Made That's by Denmark. Like that, that Steve Aoki's clothing company. Can we get a fit check over yeah, here? Yeah. What do we got going on so here? So these are all actual images from the comic that Steve had his incredibly talented dope. Uh, designers yeah. put onto actual clothing. It came out really well. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, what keeps you up at night thinking about the Web3 space? The Web3 space, man, it's really that people are barking up the wrong tree with the financial instrument thing. And you're not going to be able to stop it. Movements are movements for a reason. But you really can create confusion. They've already destroyed the branding. Uh, they've brought a big lot time. of pain and suffering. Big time, big time, big time. Uh, to a lot of people. But... Uh, again, I'm grateful for the early energy that came out of that, but it just isn't the path forward. And so for people to try to block other people from coming into the space because they don't think they're pure enough from the Web3 mm. ethos. Um, I mean, whatever. Honestly, I don't lose sleep over that. It is Good. what it is. Just keep building. Stay focused on emotional resonance, which is all that ever mattered. Mm. And the rest will take care of itself. I appreciate it. Um, before we switch gears, hot take on meme coins, shit coins. What's your hot take? Cop it or drop it. I don't mess with them at all, unless you call ETH a shitcoin, which I suppose no, some people no, do. No, no, but no, 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 um, not my opinion. Not no, on this for show. me, I, I own two things at this point, which are Bitcoin and Ethereum. I'm super curious to see if Chainlink takes off. I really, from a tech perspective, that one makes sense to me. Um, but at last check, they were struggling. So are I don't you, know. Are you messing with ordinals? No, I literally know almost nothing about them. I'm starting to dip my toes into understanding. Mm. And I say something cool. Let's talk about growth mindset for a moment. And I'm going to talk about this when I, when I chat with Gary later. I interviewed Gary two days before vFriends 1 launched. I had no idea what a wallet was. I had no idea what ETH was. And Gary's like, oh, are you, are you minting tomorrow? I'm like, Gary, I don't know what the, f the, f the fuck this is. You know, well, you better learn fast. And I slept on it. And I missed it. But that regret I flipped into being my motivation or growth mindset to go, down the rabbit hole and learn everything I could to develop a second podcast and to launch a second company focused on, on Web3 recruiting. So we talk about that growth mindset. What advice would you give me as a parent to my kids for me mm. to enable a growth mindset with my children? How could I best enable them? Yeah. I mean, one, I would read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. She goes into detail about how Link to praise your kids. Um, 
in a way that will instill a growth mindset. And it's basically don't say things like, oh my God, you're so smart. You want to say things like, wow, you worked really hard for this and you got a great result because of that hard work. And that, because what ends up happening is kids who view themselves as smart, the second anything challenges that they're smart, they back off. But if you build their self-esteem around being a hard worker, when they hit a harder puzzle, they're like, oh man, I'm really going to show my parents that I'm a hard worker now. And obviously that's better in the long run. It's a tough balancing act because my, my daughter is a, um, I don't want to use her perfectionist, but she really strives to do the best on her tests and everything. And she may get like a nine out of 10 and she gets really hard on herself. I'm like, Nina, that's a, amazing. That's 90%. That's great. You don't have to, I mean, th- this, it's two sides, right? Participation trophies and striving for perfection. That, there has to be a middle ground. I'll give you an example from Please. the world of health. So there's this uh, book written called Spark. And it talked about how he thinks the right way to grade a kid in track and field, let's say, if you're doing that section, not on how fast they finish the mile, but what was their average heart rate? Because if you've got a kid who's like 180 beats per minute, like he's killing himself. Yeah. So it's like if he maintains that, you know, like he's really digging deep. He's pushing. He's doing his best. If you've got somebody that finishes it super fast, but their heart rate was like 102, it's like they're not working nearly as hard. And so instead of rewarding somebody sort of for the overall genetics or how hard they work outside of the class, it's like how hard are they working in that race? That is a fantastic perspective. And all my friends who have kids out there who are going to listen to this and everyone else out there with kids, let, let that one let that one sink in, play it back a couple of times and try to put that into practice. Hey, what's up, everybody? People ask me all the time, Adam, where do you get your alpha from every day in the Web3 space? And my go-to is The Daily Ralpha. The Daily Ralpha is the best newsletter about what's going on in the Web3, NFTs, and emerging tech world. Get market intel, drops to watch, early project finds, the hottest NFT art, news, jobs, tools, and more delivered directly to your inbox every day for absolutely free. Join over 85,000 people who get the Daily Ralpha and get everything they need to know in five minutes or less. It's like the morning brew or their skim of Web3 and more than 500 editions so far. I get this every day and so should you. Check it out and subscribe at dailyralpha.com. D-A-I-L-Y-R-A-L-P-H-A.com. Check it out. So let's switch gears before we bring it home here. And I absolutely, I mean, I've been, my impact theory is the first NFT I ever bought. I showed you that before. Yes, you did. Um, Thank you, by the way. And thank you for building a community um, as gone through some tough times and you were very open and honest. And you said to your community, I'm here to support you. If you don't want to be part of that, we could figure this out. Was that hard for you to do or did that just come second nature? Yeah, honestly. So when I got into this, I was like, this is a product. So I don't see this as a financial instrument. If you're not happy with the product, I'll give your money back. So we did that twice. Uh, helped us really clean up the community. We even paid the gas. Was there, was like, there a percentage? I don't know if you're open to sharing. Was there a percentage of how many people uh, returned actually it? I don't know the percent, but it's less than 30, almost certainly. That that's that's about what I would I would guess because there's definitely people that were speculating. Then you have the people that are really vested into it and they're in it. They're in it for the long term. Um, what could I expect uh, next from a? I don't even like the word utility. I mean, I guess we could play around with utility. I think it's a buzzword a little bit, but but value access. What am I going to get in the future? What am I going to be open to? What am I going to have uh, along with my relentless? 
Yeah. So our thing is we are constantly looking for new ways to give cool things to the key holders. So right now, the vast majority of our focus is on Kaizen and Marymods. And so for people that have those and have keys, the keys end up giving you extra benefits. So we just did a big drop for our key holders for Project Kaizen. Uh, So they were the first ones in, got a bunch of free assets. Uh, We've got some more stuff cooking for you guys each phase. Um, So yeah, we will constantly... And every aspect of what we do in the company, we're always looking for ways to reward holders. And I love it. And, and please keep setting the example of the right way to do projects, uh, Tom and team there. So let's let's bring it in a little bit different direction. Um, I've been consuming your content for a long time. It speaks to me. It's authentic. Um, it's deep when it needs to be, but it's also digestible. You could take it all in. I love your relationship with your wife. I love how you and Lisa go out there and you talk about the hard times, how you work through it. And I'm going to post this on my socials later when we air, but this is a picture if I could get it to access the nine lessons we learned over 17 years. I'm going to go through a couple of them real quick and yeah, just give please. us a hot take. Number one, have sex often. Facts. And babe, when I get home Sunday night, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Yeah, no, man, I think it's really important. And you can very quickly, there's something called bed death in a relationship where you're still together, maybe you're raising kids, but you're not having sex anymore. (sighs) And it really changes not only the dynamic of the relationship, but nature has optimized this whole sequence and sex releases certain neurochemicals. Stress relief. Stress relief, but it's also bonding. And so if you really want to feel connected to somebody, if you're not having a romantic partner, obviously, uh, and you're not having sex, you're missing out on the massive amount of neurochemistry that's going to keep you feeling deeply connected to that person. Something that's interesting, um, what do you call it, pillow talk? Like after, There's very open and honest conversations. Chemically speaking, um, can you speak to that? Have you done any research of like why those conversations right after the end of sex, when sex is completed, um, what is it in the chemical neurons that just open up really Vulnerable conversations. Yeah, so two two of the hormones that pump post-orgasm are oxytocin and vasopressin. And these are the bonding hormones. So you feel more trust and you feel connected to that person. So you're far more likely to be open to, uh, you know, a deeper communication because you feel trusting, because you feel warm and connected. It's just the, I mean, look, there are some conversations you don't necessarily want to start right after you just had sex. But like, oh, it, let me tell you what's happening in the bank accounts yeah, in the car. Right exactly. <laughs> this this would be one I'd avoid. <laughs> the boiler's broken. I don't need to hear that right now. Um, which leads us to communicate communicates uh, obsessively. This is critical. Every time I see our friends' relationships fail, it comes down to a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. It seems obvious, but what just go back to what you were saying before, these this paralysis of being in this comfort zone or um, like falling back on bad habits after a long period of time together. We I, think, I think where communication breaks down is that people don't define words. So they think they mean the same thing, but they really don't. Uh, and then the other one is most people don't understand themselves. And so if you don't understand yourself and you're like yelling at this person and saying like, I've told you this a hundred times, uh, in those moments, I will always ask my wife, say what you mean in a single sentence without any commas or run-ons or parentheticals. And usually when somebody is at their most frustrated that the other person isn't getting it, it's because they can't explain their own thought succinctly. My wife has said that to me a number of times. Uh, be honest, especially when it's hard. Hardest, hard conversations are tough. Yes. Right? You, no you don't want to hurt somebody, but radical candor in a relationship especially after a long period of time um, is key. I want to run through these pretty quickly. Uh, Tip to being um, honest. 
Yeah. So say what you mean, mean what you, you say, say. And even when it, it hurts and it's going to cause friction in the short run, it will pay off in the long run. And the reason is that, you know, you can trust each other because you actually know what's going on. There is nothing worse than not knowing is my partner just saying that because they wanted to avoid a fight or do they really mean it? And so mm. it's a thousand little things. It's does this shirt look good? And when the answer is no, you say no. But what about when she's like, does this make me look fat? That's you have to tell her. Yeah. If it mm. makes her look fat, you really do have to tell her. To tell. No, you have to. Because then she like goes out. She asks. She, she goes out and then like she just doesn't feel comfortable. And like, why don't you just tell me it didn't Here, look good? Why, here's, is that, why is this color not match? Just that these boots don't work. Like, be honest. This, this is one I will tell you, it, you will reap benefits. The reason that I'm always honest with my wife about something like that, where I get it, she's being completely vulnerable is because when she's 85 in a bag of wrinkles and I look over her and I say, you look beautiful right now. She'll know it's true you because I told her, a dozen times throughout our marriage when it ruined an evening. I'm getting a little goosebumps from that answer. He's dead right with that one. Absolutely. Because it's over the long term. That That is awesome. I want to get through these real quick. Be a good leader and be a good follower. Yeah. So this is really important. And I do think men and women play roles. And I think you have to understand what those roles are. But at the same time, you want to be in a relationship with somebody that you have to quote unquote contend with, that they are formidable. They match your intellect. And so they're going to know some things better than you and you're going to know some things better than them. And so when you're the right person to lead, they should snap into following. And when they're the right person to lead, you should snap into following. Forgive mistakes fast. This, this, this is a tough one because there's obviously different levels of mistakes. My wife and I have a thing that we really, really hold close is do our best to not go to bed angry with each other. Mm. And also in the morning, I make sure that I don't want you to go to work. God forbid, God forbid all those terrible things that we, our nightmares in life happen. Imagine that's the last thing that, that happened. Like you were in a yeah, fight. It's interesting. My wife and I take a really different approach to this. So first of Please. all, in moments of just complete emotional sobriety, we will say to each other, uh, don't forget if the last words I ever said to you were, fuck you, I never loved you. <laughs> Uh, that that isn't true and I love you very much and I'm very sad that I was hurtful in that moment right before I died or you oh, died yeah. or whatever, but uh, you know that I love you and I've proven over you know 22 plus years that I love you and you feel that in your bones. So don't take any one moment serious. And then the other is when you fall asleep, it will change your neurochemistry. So for us, we're like, I don't mind going to bed mad. As long as when we wake up, we're probably going to feel fresh, feel a little bit different. And if you happen to die in the middle of the night, I knew no matter what, <laughs> hopefully not. that, you know, we still loved each other. Um, real quick, I'm going to read these because we only have a couple of minutes. Hold each other to a high standard. Always, always challenge each other to be better. I believe in that one. Um, want the other person to win. This is a big one that I see in relationships that fail. Um, there's times when I listen. I'm a big personality. I'm a big ego. And I say that in a way because I'm doing a show and I'm a creative. But now I'm really learning over the last couple of years to back off and put that energy on my wife and help mm. build her, her up and her shine in her career. And that is 10x our relationship together. And that was a real change for us. Why do you think people struggle with that relationships? Ooh, so yeah, if you're not able to um, elevate your partner, you're really going to be in trouble. That does not mean that you're squelching yourself. You're not trying to make yourself small. You're not saying slow down so I can lead. But you really want that person to be the best that they can be. And if you're only focused on yourself, you're not going to elevate them. They're not going to feel seen and encouraged and elevated. And that's going to suck. Like everybody wants to feel like, look, relationships are a sacrifice. The sacrifice is only worth it if you feel like I am that person's number one and I respect them. And to have somebody you respect 
say you're the most important thing in my it's life everything. is one of the greatest feelings life has to it's offer. It's everything. And it all boils down to the last one is make your marriage or your relationship the highest priority. Um, keep them always top of mind. I mean, kids come in a little bit higher from that one. And that's really what, what it boils down to. So before we wrap up here, um, where could folks learn more? Where could they find you? Where could they connect? Where could they maybe keep an eye out for that swag when it hits the market? Yeah, or buddy. is it not? So uh, it is actually. So <laughs> this would so. be, uh, you'd want to go to Dim Mock for the clothing, uh, which has nothing to do with me. That's all Steve Aoki. And then uh, for me, at Tom Billu on Twitter is the right place. And then for anybody that wants the mindset stuff, it's Impact Theory University. And Tom Billu, last but not least, this is my masterclass. I get to interview amazing folks like you over the last five years, 275 episodes. This is how I absorb. I used to love to read. I don't have that much time now with mm. the kids and maybe I'm not prioritizing, but this is my alpha. And it goes in here through osmosis. So I would love if you could share with me and my audience the single greatest piece of advice that you have ever received that you take action on every single day. The best advice I've ever received. Uh, well, so everything's going to come down to what I've read. So if you'll let me count the things that I've read as good advice, um, that would be to learn something new every day. Awesome. Tom Bilyeu. I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for keeping it real, man. And thank you for creating. And thank you for joining us for on the on. podcast and the Immutable Mindset. Tom Bill, you everybody. Thanks, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon. Jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search the podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>